Well, welcome to the next installment of Theology Jam. I'm here with good friend Matthew Burkholder, and of course, I'm John Korkadakis, and uh, yeah, welcome. Uh, Nice to have you here as we're uh, looking at the next topic that we want to tackle. And uh, again, if you uh, ever want to ask us about doing a topic, and uh, I know we have a number of things on our list to go through, but you can always reach us at theologyjam at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Or if you have any comments about the show, um, any helpful things that uh, um, you like about it or something you would like to see us do differently, maybe, um, you know, I, I think more people would like to hear more from you, Matthew. I, I almost <laughs> guarantee you're, you're, the, you're the wisdom that uh, many of us need to hear, um, especially with um, your perspective on the church and all of that. So um, I'm, I'm really glad we get to share this time together, and yeah. hopefully it's helpful for people as well. Yeah, and if you do like what we're saying... Uh, Share it, share too, it, right? Yeah, yeah, like we don't always plug that, but like we do kind of want people to hear us, uh, you know. <laughs> we don't, you know, we want we want this thing to 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 grow, and we do want, you know, we if if you enjoy it, um, even if you uh, want to post something and and disagree with us too, you know what I mean? Like just yeah. share it and be like. You know, get the word out because maybe we need some bad press. <laughs> we need yeah. to upset a few people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to go that route, but still, like, uh, you know, share, uh, subscribe to. You know, we're trying to. We're trying to. I see some of the stuff on the Village Green uh, YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, some of the podcasts have been posted there. Um, you can always check out villagegreenchurch.com too. There's uh, just you know, if you're interested in, you know, John's Pastor John's sermons. Uh, there's lots of great uh, sermons on there. Uh, go there, subscribe, um, join yeah. us virtually for worship on Sunday. Um, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, lots of lots of ways to interact. I, yeah. I was just complaining before we started this podcast that uh, not very good on social media or self promotion, yeah. and unfortunately, the day and age that we live in, it's um, you have to delve into that particular um, area in order to want your stuff to move on. But anyway. Um, Today we're going to talk about leadership. I know that's probably a narrow aspect of uh, our, our primary audience when we're talking about the church. But, you know, coming out of COVID and now looking forward, leadership's just going to get harder. And uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about um, why is leadership going to get, get harder? Like, um, as, as we've said before, coming through COVID was probably the worst season as a leader that I've experienced personally. Um, I, no way um, did any of my degrees ever prepare me for um, what we just, just experienced. And the amount of antagonism towards me uh, as a leader of a church was, was really quite surprising, really mm-hmm. quite startling. So um, we're going to talk about, and, and, and I, I think it's just going to get harder. And I, I think it's good for us to acknowledge the climate that we're in and why it's going to get harder. And it's not meant to discourage, but it's meant more to remind us of the reality that exists. Mm-hmm. And let's do something about it. So, um, you know, the first point I want to make, I think one of the hardest things, and this has been... Uh, diminishing for some times, but the whole area of trust. 
right? People, do people trust us as leaders? Do people see us as, um, you know, people worth entrusting themselves to? And how do we, how do, how have we lost that? How, how can we build that up? I know I was speaking to people just um, last week and they were just bemoaning the state of the church and how many prominent leaders have gone off the rails. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that as horrible as that is, what it does is it affects the trust component that people have for anybody, you know, in church leadership. Like, um, Am I far off? No, I think you're. I think you're entirely right. And we, you know, before the before we hit record, we were talking about the qualities of leadership and how, um, you know, the the Bible has a has a pretty clear model uh, for the characteristics of, of 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 Christian, you know, Christian discipleship. It's the fruit of the spirit, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, what what I see. Uh, in some some leaders is is almost an anti fruit of the spirit, right? Like there's a there's a there's antagonism, there's like anger, anger. there's like judgment, there's you hypocrisy, know, hypocrisy. Yeah. There's there's little gentleness in 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 their life, and um, you know that's that's one category of leader. And how how do you how do you trust that person with your most vulnerable? aspects and elements of your life, uh, to, to, to be heard and listened and and loved and shepherded, right? Like, (laughs) like that's, that's gotta be, there's, I think the reason why that fruit of the spirit is such a powerful, uh, list of characters is because that is what drives relationships in, into a constructive, positive, healing, inspiring, all those yeah, all those terms, right? Like, yeah. Well, I'm I'm going to go on a bunny trail. Do because, it. Yeah. You, know, you probably. <laughs> I don't know if you've experienced this. I've I've watched some some pastors and and watched the videos. You know, I, for a number of reasons, and they're on this rant and they're going crazy mm-hmm. and they're accusing this and pointing at the ugliness, you know, and, and and calling this group out and all this stuff. My first reaction to all of that is is that. That's just so sad. That's so not Jesus and not like the fruits of the Spirit, like you said. Mm. But what gets me too is that how is it that nobody in that congregation isn't standing up and walking out? Right. How is it that that place is, has people in it and nobody's saying, uh, you're a bad representation of what Christ, and I'm out of here because I don't need this. This is not what this is about. It's baffling how sometimes those are the churches that... Fill the fill the seats. Yeah, it's you know like it's it's a and and you know it's like I don't know. Have you listened to that the rise and fall of Mars Hill? Uh, parts of it, yeah. Yes. You know, and yeah. that's one of those things where this charismatic, you know, um, authoritarian really leader had a lot of people follow him, um, and they did trust him. Right? Yeah. Like they did put their, they invested in the church. They would serve the church. They would try to, you know, be a part of the church. And they, there was a lot of hurt along the way. And I think like, we don't just, we don't just automatically deserve people's trust the moment we become a a leader in a church. Like that's something you have to earn. Like there's no, you're not automatically given the keys to the, to the kingdom when you, when you become a pastor. Right. 
And uh, I don't know if that's quite the d- direction you were going with, with the trust well, um, I, it, issue, but it, you know, we, we got to earn people's trust. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and that's pretty fair. I, I, you know, I'm totally okay with that as a leader. I, I need to demonstrate that I'm worthy of trust, worthy to be followed, all of those kinds of things. Um, I, I totally get that. In fact, I would much prefer that, that people just, oh, just because you're a pastor, you, you know, um, you have this authority over my life. That's kind of scary, actually, okay? Mm-hmm. But it's a burden and a responsibility for anybody in leadership mm-hmm. to lead well, um, right. you know, and I think for most people, um, most pastors, they want to lead well. And they want to lead authentically. Yeah. All right. So, so trust, however, sometimes it's given too easily. Sometimes it's not given at all. Right. And, and we are living in like, right. There is a lot of, uh, there is a lot of anti-authoritarian uh, views, right? Like we don't want, it's hard, right? Because it, you know, people have been hurt or they, they have legitimate concerns uh, about maybe their experiences with particular leaders in the church who've maybe said something or done something. Um, and so there is a lot of, uh, well, we don't want to, uh, we don't, we've talked about this before on the podcast, right? We don't want people to tell us what to do, right? Yeah. We don't want, um, we don't want to have anyone have authority over us and for some legitimate reasons for some people, but that, like, like you said, that's going to make, it's going to make being a leader hard, right? When you're trying to walk people through things and, and um, discuss, you know, the Bible and sort of the, sort of the claims on people's lives that the gospel makes and Jesus is Lord and, you know, yeah, those, it makes it hard. Okay. All right. Well, maybe, maybe we should solidify this a little bit more. If you're, if you're looking for a church, if you're looking for, uh, you know, some place to call home, um, and you're looking at the pastor, right? Um, I think that's fair. Is this person a shepherd? A shepherd in the, in the do I feel safe around them? Do I, do I feel like they care for me and are authentic towards me? And do they demonstrate the fruits of the Spirit? And take some time. Don't make that evaluation over, you know, one week, two weeks. Take some time and find that. And I think that's valuable and allow that trust to be built based on those characteristics out of Galatians 5 and, you know, numerous passages in the Bible mm-hmm. about, um, about being a shepherd. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, tr- so trust is is a big one that I think we're going to have to wrestle through more in the days ahead. The second thing is uh, the whole self centeredness. Um, you know, I always I always um, you know put self and then align. How would you you know finish off that statement? Self what and be it self centeredness, be it self interest, be it you know selfish. Mm. Uh, desires, all of those kinds of things. That's the big wrestle in the mm. days ahead is, is that people are very self-conscious, self-centered, uh, self-interest. Um, and that doesn't all, always lend itself easy to community oh, no. and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I upset people many times when I say I'm not a big believer in community. And what I mean by that, I'm not a big believer in the way 
culture defines community. Mm. I'm a bigger believer in how the Bible defines community, okay? And uh, often the way we define community is what's in it for me. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. we're we're sort of, uh, we've all got our sort of particular, you know, interests or vision or our self, you know, our personality dictates oftentimes what we want to see. What we care about is what we want the church to care about, right? Yeah. And we got to remember that in a community, in a church. That's That was a big realization for me when I started to sort of intern and work at churches is just how many different opinions there were about what the church should be doing, should be doing and yeah. looking like and and the topics that they want dealt with. And, and it's... It can be really, I, I don't know. I don't know how you navigate that, to be perfectly honest. Like, I think that's got to be so hard. Yeah, it is tough to navigate. And, um, you know, um, the, the, third, the third thing that, that comes up in this list actually builds on this one. That's why I'm introducing it so, so quickly, is that people want to be heard. Mm. Like, I think that's another part of uh, the difficulties of leadership is that are you know the con- the contrast to that is are we listening well? Because I think to be a good shepherd, I think um, to be a, a a good leader is are we listening to to the people? Okay, I remember um, some time ago I I heard Andy Stanley being interviewed, and the person was saying you know you're really good at touching people where they live, and 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 the interviewer said. Where, where are you getting your information about people? Like what magazines, what books, all of this kind of stuff. Uh, what news outlets are you are you going to? And I and I loved. I remember his answer saying, "I don't go to any of those things. I just get together with people mm-hmm. and listen." And I thought, "Wow," because that that's our first sort of. Uh, sphere of, of information is we mm. get it from the culture at large and all this kind of stuff. He says, no, I sit down with people, hear what people have to say, hear what people are struggling with, hear what people need to know in their lives, especially in their walk with Jesus. Right. And he says, that's what I take and that's what I bring to the messages. And that's, that's why I think they resonate with so many people yeah. because I've gotten really good at hearing people. Yeah, I think that, you know, one of the interesting... Um uh, this is this might sound a little strange, but um, one of the blessings of the Reformation. Oh, okay. Is <laughs> we're gonna go. We'll go there. But one of the blessings of the Reformation is there used to be such a divide between the priest and the community. Right. The the priest would literally be up high in in the building. Right. And and sort of be above people. And um, even in our um, even the way we structure our, our, our buildings, right? Like, um, you know, you're, you are part of the, the community and then you, mm-hmm. you go up and then you give a sermon and then you come back down. And I think that uh, seeing ourselves as leaders, as part of the community gives us the opportunity to hear those things. Like when, if we isolate ourselves from the people in our own church, we're never going to sort of appreciate their needs and hurts. And, and I, I think it's, 
it's vulnerable of you to do the, the sermon-based life groups that you do, right? Because I've been in those situations where I've given a, a sermon and then I'm in a, a group and we're talking about those things, right? And that gives me, that gave me valuable insight into how people were hearing my, my messages, my sermons, yeah. and then getting that feedback. Um, feedback is, is like crucial, right? Um, and some, some leaders don't want any feedback. They don't want to hear any, you know, they don't want to hear anything. They just want to be able to go. It's like they're a herald. They're not, you know, they're speaking at people mm-hmm. and, and then they're, they're isolated. And um, in some ways, uh, some churches reflect more of that kind of medieval uh, Roman Catholic, the priest is separate yeah. above the interpreter of scripture, all of those things, uh, then maybe, maybe, maybe we realize. And, um, you know, I'm in, I'm, I'm doing a TA, I'm a TA for this preaching class and we're doing, uh, we just started the sermon labs and one of the pastors, uh, he's been a pastor for 30 years, taking a class on preaching. So he, you know, he gave his, his sermon. It was great. Uh, and then the students had to give them feedback, right? Yeah. And evaluate it. And we were chatting after, and I was like, "Hey, like I'm going to try and give you as much evaluation as I can because I know you're you're a pastor." And he really appreciated it. And he said, "You know what I do when I preach a sermon is I had someone, you know, talk about that sermon." And I'm and you know when I was working here, we would do debriefs, right? Yeah. Like we would we would actually every week we would be like, "Okay, did that did that work? Right? Did that was that effective? Do you think people like we would evaluate ourselves, right?" Yeah. And <laughs> And uh, I know that's a, this is a bit of a tangent, but um, I think I think that's really important as leaders is to is to put ourselves in situations where we can we can receive important feedback from people we trust and people yeah. that are going to desire us, you know, desire for us to grow, and um, and then also just uh, having relationships with people. Yeah, and knowing yeah. what they need and what, um, and what they're dealing with, what they're going through. You know, I, I, I had totally forgotten because I've been involved with sermon-based life groups for a long, long time. But I remember when we first started doing how intimidating it was. And mm-hmm. I think the very first group that we had was like eighteen people or so. It was a huge group. Wow. And 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 I'm just newly minted as a pastor and doing these sermons. And I remember all the feedback or all the comments or all, you know, and, and I've just become, you know, appreciative of it over the years. And, you know, I've joked sometimes I, I'd be better off we did life group first and mm. then I gave the sermon, right, because <laughs> of all the insights that come out of life group. Like even, even last week, there was a couple of points that people totally disagreed with. Mm. And then when I heard their perspective, mm-hmm. it made total sense. And, and, and I, and I really, really appreciate that because you don't always know how people hear things, receive things. So servant-based life groups, um, I just think, are an invaluable tool. And it's, it's certainly made me better over the years because I think it's helped me hear people mm-hmm. in, in a way that you don't often hear because I'm getting constant critiques about messages and stuff like that. So that's, yeah. that's really cool. Um, so... Um, you know, we need to be one with the community. But um, the next thing that I want to talk about is our, our position and our platform. 
okay? That's, that's got to change. And th- again, this kind of piggybacks on the whole community thing. Are we part of the community? Are we elevated above the community? But I think there's two things that people in congregation don't realize become an enemy to a leader, is their perception and their expectations, okay? You can't control those two things. Mm-hmm. But how people perceive you is often the way they react to you. Mm-hmm. And, and same with their expectations of you. If you don't meet those expectations, whatever they are, then, you know, you're, you, you know how, do you, how do you control those things? How do you control perception and expectations? Um, because they, they become, you know, these kind of things that you're battling yeah. that you have no control over. Yeah. I, was it you that was telling me or somebody, maybe it was at the school I was talking with somebody, and they were talking about how many... Uh, qualities that churches are expecting from pastors. No. It's like, you know, they did some consultant to hire these things. It's something like 30 different, 30 different expectations for what a, what a pastor is going to be. Wow. Right. And you could probably attest to that. Yeah. The expectations. Right. And do you, do you feel like, uh, you know, um, would it be safe to say that that that's a, a, a pretty quick way to discouragement and, and burnout if you're comparing yourself to other people and trying to meet everyone's expectations. And like, how do, how do you do, do you just have to just sort of like, this is who I am. This is what I'm good at. This is what I'm, this is how I'm going to lead because you can't like, I, I don't know what other job requirement would have 30 different points of yeah. expectations. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. That seems like a lot to me. <laughs> well, you, you, you know, it's almost, you have to be a master of all anymore or be able to, you know, manage every crisis, everything that is thrown your way. And, you know, the age of the internet has also made it far more difficult because you're always being compared. Mm-hmm. Um, you might not realize it, but you're, you're you know, what's, what's, re- what's really funny is, is you know, the number of times people have said to me, oh, I was listening to this preacher and he made the point about, and, and they'll, they'll give this point, and I'm, I'm sitting there going, you realize I made that point like two weeks ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said the exact same thing, and, and yeah. the, the person probably stole it from me. <laughs> no, just, just joking aside, right? But, you know, but how hurtful that is mm. in, in many ways. Um, but at the same time, um, the, the degree of comparison and the potential for... Um, you know, becoming very self-conscious is very high in pastoral ministry nowadays because people are constantly, you know, uh, have a perception and expectations of you that aren't necessarily realistic. That's all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think you once told me, like, um, I, I think it was we were having a conversation at one point about, you know, like this the fact that we're there's so many different options and there's you know people can watch highly professional polished services online and they can get the best music and the best yeah preachers and the best you know the best uh you know even in education right like they can listen to lectures from the greatest 
you know, lecturers and they can, they can get access to the best of the best. And, and, and as a church community, we obviously we want to do our best and we want to do well, but I guess the important emphasis is on, you know, are we being faithful? Are we being a safe place for people? Are we challenging people and encouraging them to grow? Um, and because I think that's, that's what makes a community being, it's what makes a community worth being a part of, right? Yeah, and that's, and that's the secret to all of this. Uh, right. You know, it's, you know, but you're part of this community. We care for you. We, mm-hmm. you know, invest in your life, et cetera, et cetera. You might find it very nice to listen to so-and-so because they inspire you and stuff like that, but are you truly part of that community like right. you are here, right? Yeah. You know, you could write them an email. They may respond. They may not. Who, who knows? But, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, the, the next thing I think that, that has gotten harder, at, at least in, in my time, is what I call br- breakups and uh, grenade launchers, right? There was a, there was a time that any, any conflict was handled face-to-face, mm. right? Or, mm. or they would just disappear altogether, and then you would call them, and you'd end up having a meeting face-to-face or something like that. But now there's so many breakups uh, through social media, emails, um, I can't, I can't tell you the number of times somebody's told me something in a text message mm. or, you know, um, but, but not face-to-face. So that's another challenge of, of leadership. And, and I've even had people say, um, and we, you know, and this is done. It's like there's nothing more to discuss or anything like that, which is really heartbreaking and really, really tough to manage. Yeah. Um, yeah, gone are the days where uh, um, we could sit down, disagree together, and still walk away. And that's the other the other aspect of this is that we li- we live in a culture where people have to agree almost a hundred percent. Yeah. And if you don't agree a hundred percent, then there's always this tension. There's always this conflict. There's always this fracture. But you know, it's 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 not what it was in the past. There's times when you know we agree to disagree, but still care for each other, still love each other, still want to be part of this community. But that's that's another hard thing moving forward, is that how do you how do you create a place where, you know, people are, you know, I think um I can't remember who the church leader was, but I remember that, you know, church isn't the place where conflict doesn't exist. Right. Church is the place where reconciliation right. is more important. Right. And, yeah. I, and I like that. Um, which leads into erosion. Mm. You know, we're just seeing a, a continual erosion of, of the effectiveness of the church, um, the way the church uh, used to influence culture and society. That is totally, totally gone. Um, I was listening to a, a Sabbath podcast just... And reminded of the late '60s that, you know, as as, you know, that's when the Sabbath, like Sunday, closings stopped was in the late '60s, even even here in Canada, and and at you know at b- before that time, every Sunday people were in church, right, and even people that weren't necessarily. Um, 
you know, committed believers, they would still, that was part of the rhythm of uh-huh. the culture. They would go to church and then go home, have family dinner, but everything was closed, everything, yeah. you know, gone are those days, right? And uh, I remember I remember hearing people say, well, that's going to have a really uh, caustic effect to the culture at large if we do this. And, and yet people were saying, oh, no. Uh, it won't. It won't matter. But we've seen this, you know, disintegration of the church's effectiveness and you know its ability to influence culture. Yeah, it's become a very. Uh, it's. I think. I think a lot of. Obviously, can't speak for a lot. Everyone, but. I think people want to see, religious faith as a very private thing, right? Um, and they don't necessarily, um, you know, it's an individual, private thing. Yeah. And if you want to believe these things, express those things, that's fine. Just don't try and, you know, don't evangelize. Don't, don't, don't try and tell anyone else what they need to think and do. Um, and I, you know... I guess I'm a little. I'm younger, so I, this is this has just been the world, yeah, that I've experienced, right? Like, um, you know, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I think it's not. Maybe it's just. It is just a thing. It's just the yeah. reality of our situation. Yeah. Um, you know, was the church was the was the church meant to have the cultural prominence that it once did? And, yeah, and, you those know, are big questions. Yeah, those are really big yeah. questions. And that's actually a really good point. You know, I remember when he took prayer out of school, you know, I, I remember people saying, well, do we really want people who don't believe this to be leading prayer for students? And right. isn't that, doesn't that encourage hypocrisy and yeah. a, a fake kind of yeah. faith? And there's something to be said for all that. Let's, right. you know, we have to be really honest about that. There's something about manufacturing religion in a culture. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, um, we've seen its effects, which, which is the very last point um, that, that we want to bring up, is this thing of diminishing returns, right, right for the church, right? Um, you know, I, 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 I think we read that in the next 10 years is going to be like 10,000 churches in Canada that are closed. It was something to that right, effect. Yeah, it was pretty significant. It was really, yeah, which is really staggering to mm-hmm. see so many churches kind of age and then not not bring a new generation in and have to close and all of, all of that it means. Yeah. And of course, COVID has this, had mm. this incredibly erosive effect yeah. to, you know, we're still not, near the capacity right. that we were pre-COVID, uh, even though, you know, our online is relatively healthy and all that kind of stuff. But it's just, yeah, it's just not the same. And it's a different world, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, you know, there at one point it was a very respect, respectable thing to be a, a person in the church. Yeah. was a leader, right? You were a co- person in the community that people looked up to, would go to with questions and you would... Um, you know, now it's, you know, now it's a little, it's a little different, yeah. you know, I think you were sharing on your sermon about, you know, uh, you're a professor and a pastor, right? <laughs> you kind of had that, that kind of 
that you were sort of making a joke about, uh, um, you know, your mom being proud of you for being a professor or whatever. But not, right? but, yeah. not as a, <laughs> but not as a pastor, I know. But I feel that. Yeah. Right. Like, um, you know, I, when I'm when I'm talking to someone and they ask me what I do, you know, I, at one point if I had said I'm a I'm a PhD student in theology, I'm a theologian, and I, you know, these are what I'm working through and. I'm researching one of the sort of fundamental theologies of of Christian faith, which has shaped society in profound ways. I talk about the death of Christ, but, but now I feel almost a little bit of like, how is this going to, how is this person going to see me? Yeah. Because I've had experiences where I tell someone that, and I know I can see the bubbling up inside of them. Like, are you wanting to just yell at me right now or tell me that I'm wasting my life? Right? Oh. Have you had yeah. those moments? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry oh, yeah. to hear you've had those. Oh, and, yeah. and, you know, I've, I've been in that situation too where people found out because, you know, I've been in situations where nobody knows who I am or somebody's announced it. And you can just see people in the room going, oh, let, you know, stay away from this guy, you know. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really, really sad. So you're seeing this erosion and diminishing returns of the church and um, we, we've just got some work ahead of us. Yeah. I guess some. it doesn't, you know, we can acknowledge that if I guess it's important to ask why and, and, uh, and try to try to, I don't know, maybe reshape our, not reshape our identity, but like maybe there's reasons why someone and, might and be, I, and that, then that's okay to ask those questions, right? And, and you know, let's, let's clear the air. There's legitimate reasons that people yeah. maybe are doubtful about the church. Can we just be honest so. about that? We've, we've, in many ways, become our own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that makes Jesus happy in right. the least. So if you're listening to this podcast and wondering about the tensions of leadership and maybe this has given you an insight of the things that are happening... Um, can we just ask that you uh, think what it what it means for you to be part of a church and and pray for the leaders in yeah. your church and like, and please be open with the leaders. In, I you know I'd love to hear how we could do things better. Yeah. Or what you appreciate about the church or what what we need to be doing to maybe speak into your life and the needs that you have. That that would be a, that would be wonderful. Encourage yeah. your leaders. Right too. Yeah. Pray for them, and if you are a leader listening, like I, I know you can be discouraged, but you are making like a difference in someone's life. Like, yeah, leaders and pastors, like you know, it just you know, don't be too discouraged because I'm sure for the one person who is throwing the grenade, there's 50 people that are being blessed by you every being week. Blessed right? by you, yeah. amen. Don't yeah. don't quit now and, and keep doing it for the Lord. Yeah. Amen. All right. Well, thank you for being part of this installment of Theology Jam. And again, if you have anything that you would love to ask us to do or uh, comments about the podcast, you can reach us at theologyjam at gmail.com. And on behalf of Matthew Burkholder and myself, John Korkadakis, we'll catch you on the flip side. Take care. Mm-hmm.